I'm Joy Schwartz. And I'm Natalie Siston. We are The, the Collective, Collective Voice. Voice. We are two college friends who will talk about issues that impact professionals at work and in life. Welcome to episode 16 of The Collective Voice. This is Natalie to introduce Joy's next interview. Today, she'll be interviewing Casey Kuntz and Alex Knoll, the co-founders of Improv to Improve, a new team-building company based in Dallas, Texas. I've personally benefited from team-building through Improv in my hometown of Columbus, Ohio, and definitely think if you're near Alex and Casey that you should check them out for your next activity. It's a unique way to get your team out of their comfort zone and to lighten the mood. Casey and Alex will walk you through a couple of exercises they do with their corporate clients to give you a flavor of what you could be in for. Enjoy the episode and help us support more female entrepreneurs in the Dallas area. Take it away, Joy. Our guests, Casey Kuntz and Alex Null, offer team-building workshops for individuals and groups of all sizes to build leadership, communication, and listening skills allowing participants to gain confidence while enhancing their ability to be more effective communicators and public speakers. Casey's professional origins are in fine arts, acting, and theater arts education, and Alex has a background in curriculum design, training, and program development. Two highly talented women. And I shamelessly stole this quote right off their website, but it sums up this duo rather nicely. With Casey's training and passion for improv, and Alex's background in adaptive leadership and drive for positive change within organizations, the idea of improv to improve began. So with that, what else would you ladies add on about yourselves or the business just to get us kicked off and started? Hey, Joy, thanks so much for having us. Um, Alex and I actually met um, at summer camp, which I think is a really cool sort of tidbit of information. We... Um, we really bonded over that sort of communal environment and um, the joy of, of bringing people together and really helping people to be their best selves. That's awesome. And I had forgotten to mention that in my intro, so I'm so glad you brought it up. And is it the is it Green Family Camp where you all met? Yes. Ah, okay. Well, I have special memories, too, from uh, volunteering there as well, which is, pretty, which is pretty cool. So I guess what might be a good place for us to start, since we've covered the introduction, is what what can you tell us about improv? So we've got some listeners who probably never experienced this before, and I've had some experience myself, and I think it's a pretty cool form of acting. So tell, tell us a little bit more and demystify it for us. Sure. So improv, um, we like to say there's two parts to the definition. It's, it's performing without a script and without rehearsing. Which is frightening. To some people, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so and tell me more about how you make people comfortable in this sort of environment. So I think what we do to make people feel comfortable is we really try to like start where they are and talk about the basics. Um, I am not a professional actress. I have not taken many improv classes. So I think I can relate to the people who maybe feel a little more nervous to get up and stand there and, and talk about themselves or to put themselves in somewhat of an uncomfortable situation. But we really try to start where they, where, where they are and um, relate to the skills that they're doing in their actual workplace. Oh, so you make the connection between 
you know, their job or their organization and then what's happening in the moment in the actual improv exercise or exactly. activity. And we do kind of the background work to, to learn more about the organization so that when we are in the moment doing these improv activities, we can relate it to the actual day-to-day job and tasks that they're working on. Cool. Yeah, I also think it's important when we start to to make sure that we, we tell the group that we're working with that this isn't an acting class. Um, Alex says that all the time. This is um, this is a chance for you guys to improve as a group and to work on skills that we know are applicable in your workplace. Um, the tool, the vessel to which we're teaching you is through improvisation. Um, and Alex and I, our favorite way to start off any workshop that we do is what we call the I failed exercise. Um, we that tell, sounds awesome. It's, it is pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> it's our favorite. We tell people at the beginning that that we want them to mess up and we want them to make mistakes. And this is an environment where they should feel free to fail um, and that we want to celebrate failures. So what we do is, is we practice at the beginning of every workshop. We say really loudly, I failed. And then we take a bow and then we all applaud each other. Nice. So when you fail, you get to take a bow and then you get um, to, to receive be, be an applause. Yeah. It's Gosh, really wouldn't it be fun. nice if that actually happened in the workplace? It yes. would be amazing. <laughs> We'd have a lot less anxiety and stress and workplace trauma as well. Exactly. I love it. Okay, so since you started to talk about kind of activities and exercises and then how you typically kick things off, I think it would be really cool for us to do just a brief demo for our listeners on a typical exercise that you might do. Now, obviously, it'll be a little challenging because they're not seeing us live face-to-face, but they can get the gist of it just through sound. So I would love for you guys to kind of kick off one, and then we'll get into more details about your business and, and what these workshops are actually like. Does that sound good? Sounds awesome. great. Yeah. So usually when we do exercises, as the person with the background in improv training, I will facilitate and sort of teach how the exercise is performed and then Alex will observe, and then she will sort of add in her um, feedback as we as we go along with the group. So that's sort of how we how we gel and work together. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll do the same here. I'll sort of explain how um, we're going to play this exercise, the three of us, okay. um, and then we'll do it. And then Alex will see if she has anything to to add. Sounds good. Cool. So um, this is called. Yes and. Um, yes and is sort of what we call the one rule of improv. And the idea is that you need to accept any offer that is given to you and then you need to add information. So yes and I'm adding my own part to the story. So the way we start this off is we ask somebody in the group to give us a random topic. So anything, anything you think of. So I'll say that to you too. Do you guys have a topic? Breakfast. Awesome. Since I haven't officially eaten mine yet, we can at least <laughs> talk about it and then maybe it'll just kind of happen. This is perfect. We could come up with an idea of something we want for breakfast. And then I'm going to have to go stop and pick it up afterward. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, okay, so breakfast. So we'll start with Alex. Alex, we the goal for us is to tell a story with a beginning, a middle, and an end, right? Because every story needs a beginning, a middle, and an end. Um, and before you add your part to the story, we want to really emphasize that idea of yes and by saying it. So each time before you speak, you want to say really clearly yes and, and then add your part to the story. So you'll slap me on the wrist or like give me the, a dirty teacher look if I forget to do that, right? Absolutely. Okay, good deal. Now, would that actually happen in the session? Would you, how would you handle it? Would we do another like I failed and bow? Yes. 
Okay. <laughs> in fact, we like for people to, we like for people, especially in the beginning, to fail, to mess up, because it sort of sets the, um, the stage and sets the atmosphere so that it's okay to make mistakes. So the earlier on you can make a mistake, the better, because then we'll applaud you and you can take a bow. <laughs> Great. I'll even stand up and do it, officially. Okay, awesome. sounds good. I'll stop derailing our activity. <laughs> Okay, so today I woke up extremely hungry. Yes, and I decided I wanted an omelet. Yes, and I did not have any eggs or any veggies at my apartment. Yes, and the problem was is I was already running late to record this podcast. Yes, and I thought about where I could get some eggs, or an omelet, and so I stopped by a restaurant. Yes, and I frantically asked the owner of the restaurant, who I happen to know, because it's my neighborhood restaurant, if he had any extra eggs. Yes, and luckily, because it's Monday, he had just received a shipment, and I got to eat my omelet. Yes, and I actually ate that omelet while I was sitting in my car on my way to record this podcast. Woo! That was awesome. That was great. That was good. Oh, so that was an ending? Yeah, that was great. We had a beginning. The beginning was that you didn't have any eggs. The middle was that we (laughs) found some eggs. And the end was that you ate it. That's perfect. So just like a story you would learn about in school, right? Exactly. There was a problem that we're in exposition and the climax and all the books. I'm going to get that incorrect so we're just going to stop there but uh, it's been a long time so uh so how would you ladies like kind of debrief something like that with a group sure so I would ask the group um I would pose a question like how how did how did you feel when you had to to add on to the story like were you nervous were you anxious did it make you feel uncomfortable that like everyone was like looking at you and the pressure was on and you might respond, I was hungry, <laughs> first of all. Uh, and I would say, well, I mean, I could see you guys looking at me, waiting for me to say something that would move the story forward. And then I almost had my like restaurant slip up. I was like, oh, do I want to be at the store? Do I want to be at a restaurant? And or, do I want to add something in that's, like, really cool and going to derail the story and make it difficult for you guys? But, you know, I can sense that when you're doing these sorts of exercises with um, or corporations or with other organizations, you've got people who are really nervous and mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. are you know, kind of struggling to come up with the right thing to say or, or anything to say in the moment. Exactly. I mean, we have, we've worked with people who are very comfortable with the idea of failing. We've worked with people who are not comfortable at all and they kind of retreat in. Um, and I think when we are able to kind of point out those traits, then they're able to kind of reflect on their self and be like, yes, exactly, because when I'm in a meeting and I feel uncomfortable, there are often times when I just take a step back and, you know, decide not to say a word at all. Um, And I think the idea of yes and, so we would go more into like the questions of like, what would it look like in a meeting Mm -hmm. if everybody decided to accept your idea an add-on. So instead of being like, no, that's not a good idea. Like, we don't have the money. We don't have the time. Like, there's no way we would ever mm-hmm. be able to do this project idea. 
what would it look like to be in a meeting and everyone said yes and what if we did this or and what if we had a fundraiser and what if we did this and so the idea we organized the spreadsheet this way exactly instead of or yes and I would be happy to take that on and yes and I have time to do it even though you don't Uh, we could change the face of corporate America which would be nice. So it sounds like there's an individual kind of self-reflection component, and the, the therapist or counselor in me appreciates that side of things, right? Because when you can recognize that physiological response or you know that anxiety or nervousness you're, you're feeling in the moment, and you can name it and call it out, you can better adapt and react. So I think there's that individual element. And then I really like what you talked about, Alex, with the, the team element, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're doing this with teams or groups – there are behaviors that you are able to, you t- they are able to test out and think about how that would apply in a, a team or a group setting, whether exactly. it comes to brainstorming or, or just collaborative work. Exactly. So we really love the idea of yes and and bringing that into the workplace. Awesome. Well, that was a little nice improv that we went through yeah, also. Yeah, great, Joy. <laughs> great well, job. I just meant coming up with like the activities since <laughs> we hadn't talked about that, which is pretty sure. cool. So... You guys talked a little bit earlier about how you met and got connected through camp, but what was it that really, when did you have that light bulb moment that you wanted to start a company around this type of work? Sure. Um, Alex and I are, are very good friends as well as business partners, and we were out to dinner one night just as, as friends, and we got on a conversation talking about our passions and what we would like to add to the world, and I think that we both sort of came to the same conclusion, realizing that we really had um, a goal and were passionate about helping people to reach their best selves and helping groups to accomplish the most that they can accomplish. And um, Alex had actually been to a couple of my improv shows. I perform with a group called Improv Dallas in the Dallas area. And um, she had taken a couple improv classes that I had taught at camp. And she really added her, her layer of how she felt like what her expertise and knowledge could add to what I was doing. And it was at that dinner. We were at the Blind Butcher in, on Greenville. And we um, decided, you know, we can do this. This is something that we can do. It's going to take some work. Um, it might take a little bit of time. But we deserve to um, bring – and people deserve to, to, um, to benefit from the things that we have to share. So, Awesome. So how long ago was that dinner? It was probably about a year and a half ago, um, and it's, you know, been an ongoing process. I think the fact that Casey and I did not know anything about starting a business, we were a little clueless when it came to, like, getting all of the rights with, like, the legal side of things. That definitely took the longest, um, and then it was on to, like, the marketing and the website building, which neither of us have ever done. So there was definitely somewhat of a learning curve, um, and with both of us doing this on the side, it's, you know, it's been a work in progress. So I would say a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, and it takes time. So it sounds like the, the concept and the idea and the excitement and the partnership, you know, those are the things that sometimes hold people back. Mm-hmm. And all those logistical things or the administrative pieces that you figured out together, you know, are the ones that people typically know how to do or just go execute on. So you guys were kind of in the opposite space. Um, but your website looks great, and Thank it you. sounds like you've had some really cool um, opportunities to get in front of groups already, which is great. So uh, tell me more about 
you know, how you've seen transformation with some of the groups that you've worked with. So either individuals or teams that can you like anonymously share an anecdote or two? Sure. I mean, I would say like one group in particular that we worked with, um, they were a group of adults of various ages. Um, most of them had never done any sort of improv before. And I think they came into the workshop very skeptical. Um, they were, they were nervous. You could tell they were uncomfortable because we were asking them to, to step outside of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what ended up happening is they kind of jumped right in and ended up having a really awesome time. And we were kind of like the lead into a day long workshop. So oh, we were okay. kind of like, I don't want to say icebreaker introduction, but kind of like a precursor to like a day long event where they were going to be talking about big ideas and concepts and also budgets and thinking like into more detail. So what was really interesting was we got to sit in on parts of the day-long workshop afterwards. Oh, nice. And so um, it was really neat to hear these people talking about how the improv that started their day related to the actual, you know, big picture thinking that they were doing so it was a really nice kind of like introduction to the day got them in the right mindset thinking differently creatively they were up on their feet they were laughing they were having fun and I think you know it really really made the whole day um, a better experience yeah it sounds like it sets the tone for that open-minded thinking that you need to propel a group forward and I like to use like visioning exercises or mm-hmm. things that are more active to kick off a team's offsite or strategic right. planning meeting um, to do the same sort of thing. So exactly. absolutely see what you're saying. Make total makes total sense. Yeah. So um, in working with groups or teams like this, what what do the conversations look like on the front end with the people from organizations who like the people who are planning these sorts of things and may partner with you to customize it or build it? What do, what do those conversations look like and what sort of questions do you ask them to effectively customize your content or your workshop? Um, we get a lot of questions about what will this look like, mm-hmm. which um, you know is definitely a hurdle that Alex and I are still uh, trying, to, trying to overcome because you can explain it and talk about it, but until somebody really, truly experiences it, it's really hard to sort of understand the impact that it can have. Um, so that definitely is a question that we that we get. So when we, when we get that, we try to explain um, the exercises. We've been working on making some videos, and we're actually looking at making another sort of more um, professionalized uh, promotional video to help with that question a little bit, to be able to direct people to the videos, I think is a really good tool. Um, But we get a lot of questions about what specific areas, so we're a sales, I want you to work with my sales team, what specific areas can you help me with? Mm -hmm. Or, um, you know, we are a, we're just looking for a team building fun experience to be part of our retreat or something like that. So we we really get varied, um, varied inquiries, which Mm -hmm. I think has been really interesting for us. Um, and I think that that is sort of where our expertise comes in and our, our ability to to customize 
the the workshop to the group and to what they're looking for. So we have a pre-design interview form that we usually direct groups to that asks them to specify some specific areas that they're looking to grow in. So whether that is just looking to bond the group together if they're a new group that's been formed, whether they are looking um, to work on leadership development. We've worked with groups of some college-age students who are put in leadership positions but don't have any leadership experience. Mm. So how can we specifically craft a workshop to help them gain confidence speaking in front of other people, um, working as a group, those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would just add that after they fill out the pre-design interview form, like Casey and I would review it, we would kind of do a follow-up phone call to say, like, well, can you tell me more about, you know, the goals of this day-long retreat or the, the... you know, what, what you would like the outcomes to be. Um, and we have a few different forms that we've created that specify goals and outcomes. So if a group is like, I want to work on teamwork, what does that look like? We can send them our form that says, okay, here are the goals and outcomes of what a teamwork workshop would look like. Um, and then, I mean, I would say at this point, like we are very flexible um, and we enjoy doing the customized workshop um, because that's how it really affects the end goal. You know, if we're able to customize and focus on specifics, um, I would say so far no two workshops have been exactly the same. Yeah, and how do you decide, I mean, what goes through your minds when you're thinking about, okay, well, let's use this yes and exercise, Mm -hmm. or let's use, uh, you know, exercise A, B, or C. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you, what do you, is there some of that, most of that that's determined in advance or some of that that you decide kind of on the fly or in the moment based on how things are going with the group? Yes, we have. Yeah, both, (laughs) definitely. Because timing is is obviously um, always affects the exercises that we can do. Um, You know, an exercise might take twice as long as we thought it was going to take because it took the group a while to understand the flow of it or they pick up really quick and it goes faster than we had thought, which is improvising um, on our end too. Um, So we're taking our own lessons. But um, usually when Alex and I plan a workshop, we sit down, we have lists and lists of um, different improv games that we have facilitated. And they're sort of in three categories, I would say. you know, the, spe- the first category is sort of a warm-up, getting people comfortable type game. Um, and we usually think about the group and we pick one or two of those based on the time frame that we have that we think would be great for that group. Um, and then there's more of a sort of middle chunk that is really what I would call like improv heavy. So mm-hmm. more scene work, more some specific like scenarios where they're really having to put more than one word or one sentence into it. Um, and then I would say the last sort of category is um, if we're working with a group that wants for us to use specific details from their organization, um, then we will work games in where they're using text and dialogue that they might use in the workplace. So if they're a salesperson, you know, certain sentences or phrases about their product so we really try to work specific things to the from the organization in in that third sort of section of games oh I like that yeah yeah that could be fun to, to apply yeah definitely and then you know the debrief part which is really really important you know how they're going to bring it back to the organization so we have like the self-reflection form we have a group reflection um, and we, we always go in with a plan, and whether we stick to that plan just kind of depends on 
how the how the group is doing. Are you saying that you improvise? <laughs> we improvise. <laughs> we did. Alex and I use a lot of eye contact. We, we have a, we have our own language with our eyes to know if it's time to uh, time to move, move on. forward. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay, so correct me if I'm wrong here, ladies, but you know, for now, for both of you, this is a side hustle, meaning that you both still have a day job. And in a previous episode of our podcast, and I would say previous episodes. We've commented on the importance of keeping your day job while kind of building that side hustle out. So what advice would you offer to other listeners of ours who have aspirations of doing the same or starting their own business? I would say like the most important thing that we have found is to set aside a set time every single week because if you don't, your day job and your life, um, it really is just busy and picks up and sometimes weeks go by and we realize we didn't do anything for this side hustle. So I think, you know, having specific time set aside that you want to devote to the side hustle, um, I think, you know, it's important to make that time um, and to realize that it's it's not going to happen overnight. I mean, we've, we've been dreaming and thinking of this for over a year and a half and I think you know, we're, we're starting to, to make way into, into this side hustle, but it's, it's not something that happened very quickly. Um, and I think that's okay. Yeah, I think so too. You have to have some patience and be planful about it. Casey, anything you'd add from your perspective? Yeah, I would say that you also have to, um, really evaluate risks and, um, take calculated ones. And I think that for Alex and I, you know, we have, definitely reach the stage where we're evaluating when is the right time to take those calculated risks, meaning, you know, you can't stay working full time and, and, and make this a reality. That's, you know, that would be really, really difficult for us. So whether that means one of us going part time or figuring out, um, a job that is flexible and allows for you to, um, allows for, for you to spend more time during the day and work during the evening and, you know, something like that. So I think that, you know, you need to be responsible and you need to communicate and you need to um, be transparent with yourselves and realize when is the right time to take calculated risks, which is really scary. And we haven't made any calculated risks yet, but we talk about it, you know, so. I would even say the fact that you are speaking about your work openly with your colleagues in your day job, I think is also a calculated risk. Mm -hmm. You know, I have also gone through that journey and found that it's, freeing when you can have the, that open conversation with your coworkers about some of the things you're doing outside of your day job. Mm-hmm. And, but I think that is a risk to determine whether or not you can have that conversation and be your true authentic self all day and talk about all the other things going on. So Absolutely. I would say, and, and just the fact that you've already put yourselves out there and you have a website and you're doing these sorts of things is, is risky in itself. So I would give you pats on the back, um, even though you're sitting across the table for me and thinking about that. So, yeah, so what I'd love to do is uh, have you both kind of share what you've enjoyed most about this journey and this body of work that you've embarked on. And then we'll close with a key point or two and let the audience know where they can find you. Sound good? I would say for me, the thing I've enjoyed most about this journey is being able to see the change that we are able to make within these groups that we're working with. Um, to, to go into a group being a little weary who, 
you know, they're nervous, they're anxious, they have no idea what they're walking into, um, and to walk out a few hours later to see them laughing and smiling and really making the connections between um, the activities we did and the work that they're doing day to day, to me, it's just like a really powerful feeling that like our ideas and the the goals and mission behind Improv to Improve is really it's really something like we we really truly believe in our in our mission and our work and I think it's just exciting to see when that connection happens yeah you feel like you're making an impact exactly totally understand and Casey yeah, I mean, I wish I could just say ditto, but I <laughs> Sorry, so, Alice clearly jumped the gun on that sorry. one and stole, stole the, the primo commentary. It's true, and that's definitely, I, I agree with Alex 100%. Um, I would just, I would add to that, I think Alex and I have both um, been really sort of surprised and um, really just grateful for the greater Dallas community in regards to networking and entrepreneurship, um, female entrepreneurs that we feel like, including you, Joy, have sort of just given us some steam when we felt mm-hmm. down. Um, I think for both of us, we talk about it all the time. We go to a networking event. We talk to someone about our company, and we just feel really supported, and what can we do to help? Who can we connect you with? And I think that, you know, you you go you go into this thinking that, you know, you're, you're on your own. Um, we're not, we have each other, but, you know, we're on our own. And I think that both of us have just been really, really grateful um, for the community that we found um, through networking and female entrepreneurship in the Dallas area. And um, I have to remind myself of that sometimes and how, and how really amazing that is to, to have found that um, and to continue to find it. We have people that reach out to us and want to help us um, by the goodness of their own heart, and um, they believe in our mission too. So that's really awesome to feel as well. It is really great, and I think you do find that once you start talking about your work and what you've embarked on, that there is a lot of support out there. And Natalie and I have explored this kind of topic around female entrepreneurship and, and women really supporting other women and how sometimes we we don't do that as frequently as we should. In fact, we've referred to it as a like girl-on-girl crime. <laughs> so I think what you found is the antithesis of that. And, and I know I've found that as well. Once I start talking to people about either the, the portfolio of work that I've embarked on, there's a lot of support out there in Dallas. So would encourage you all to keep doing it and keep doing what you're doing. And you know, we'll, hopefully this interview will spark some new business or new support or you know new ventures so or, or collaborative opportunities as well yeah, absolutely cool well why don't we close by letting the audience know where they can find you and learn more about your work and anything else you'd you'd like to share before we close sure so our website is www.improvtoimprove.org and we also have a Facebook page, Improv to Improve, LLC, which is our official title. Um, and one thing I know we wanted to highlight today was our workshop for individuals on Saturday, April 29th from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. We are going to focus on individuals who are looking to improve um, on skills such as communication, leadership, active listening. Um, so it's a little different than going into an organization and working with a team of people. Um, but rather, we're looking to find those people who are looking to, to do some self-work. And can they register for that through your website? Yes. yes. Excellent. And is there cost involved? 
There is. So we're charging $50 um, to attend the two-hour workshop, um, and that information is all found on our website as well. Awesome. Well, thank you for mentioning that. I'm sorry I didn't ask about that sooner, but um, we'll do our best to promote it as well so your episode gets published quickly. <laughs> so um, thanks again, ladies. This has been a lot of fun and really enjoyed getting thank to know you. more about you and your business and wish you the best of luck. Thank Enjoy. you so much. And that's a wrap on episode 16. I hope you gained some insight on a new way of looking at team building and be sure to check out the work of Improv to Improve. As always, you can find Joy at joyschwartz.com, and you can find me, Natalie Siston, at smalltownleadership.com. Be sure to check out episode 17, which will be released soon, where Joy and I will get together to talk about some of our personal and combined accomplishments over the past year since the Collective Voice launched. Take care, and we'll talk to you then. Thanks for joining us, and be sure to check out future podcasts of The Collective Voice on iTunes. This is Joy Schwartz and Natalie Siston with The The Collective Collective Voice. Voice.